Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Asian Unfiltered from a different lens. Hey, thanks for tuning in. It's Charlie here with Asian Unfiltered. Today I have an episode where I recorded an interview with Concrete Jungle Radio host Ryan, though he is no longer a radio host due to the Dash Radio uh, studios closing, and he's moved on to the marijuana and CBD business. This is a really important episode in regards to the Samoan culture and their plight and diaspora. But before we get started, I'd like to thank my sponsor, Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. I'm talking NBA, MMA, bowling. It's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up. Head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. Anyways, back to the show. For this episode, you're really going to learn a lot about the immigration process of Samoan culture, what career options they have. Ryan was also a bouncer for a strip club because he's naturally so big and tall. He's like 6'4", 260 pounds. And also he talks about uh, Samoans in hip-hop. So I present you Ryan, a.k.a. MC Ryzen, talking about the Samoan culture. Thanks. I am Samoa, so that is definitely that is a part of the Polynesian culture. Sure. sure. And then you were raised in Hawaii. Yes. Yes, born yeah. born in Hawaii, raised in Hawaii. Well, raised here, but here. So, in, so you moved out here. Um, old were you? How old were you when you moved out here? Uh, we moved out here probably when I was about eight. So it was, yeah. Okay, could you remember the difference between Samoa and Hawaii? Or? Yeah, yeah. Okay, what yeah, was what was sure. like the difference between? Even though it Sa- is both island or culture, right? right. Like, a big well, difference. Samoa is a lot more raw. It's a lot more island style. Okay. Where where Hawaii was a little more Americanized, um, so that would be the difference. Um, uh. Yeah, there's like one road in Samoa, in American Samoa. There's no traffic lights. You know what I mean? So it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like either this way or that way. So and that was it. So do you guys? Because I interviewed Lulu a while back. Okay. Do do people from Samoa view Hawaii as kind of like, let's say, moving from Ohio to LA? Uh, I would say so. I would think so. Yeah. Okay. I, I, would, I would think so. Uh, because, like, uh, Samoa, I don't know, it's just a lot. It's the poverty line, let's say. It's just a lot more a lot more poor than it is in uh, Hawaii. And then is it harder to get more jobs? Yes. In Samoa, there's, like, one uh. one uh, spot where they all go to work, which is uh, Starkist, the Starkist tuna plant. Okay. It actually was moved. It used to be here in Long Beach and then moved out there to American Samoa. And the cold part is is they they moved it here in Long Beach because people were getting sick. Why? Yeah, I, I have no clue. So they so they got rid of it. They and they moved the plant to a little spot in the ocean called Samoa, American Samoa. Ah, okay. Yeah, and, and and they're paying everybody there like three bucks an hour or something crazy like that. Right, because it's in another country, right. so it doesn't match like out here. It's yeah. like we you get paid minimum wage fifteen, and you're like complaining. Right, right. Yeah, so it's crazy, right? They're like. 
people getting sick here. Uh, it's not good enough for our standards here. People are getting sick, but you know what? Let's just give it to American Samoa. They need it. Right. Because you know what I'm wondering is, and so how long have you lived in L.A.? Um, L.A. pretty much all my life, but but I'm from a military uh, background, so we kind of... Rolling Stone. Yeah, that's it. But because for for the listening audience, you know, which wherever this will play, but most likely Beat Junkie Radio. Okay. What? Right? Um, like, with, with how from your observation, how different is, like, you know, Filipinos, Koreans, Chinese, they're different as fuck. Right, right. But with the Micronesian, Islandesian, because I'm uneducated, but I'm learning through you guys by being with Island Block. Right. There is a difference, but it seems like it's closer. Am I incorrect, or what? What? Or there is a large difference. What between the Micronesian and the Polynesian? Yeah, like let's say uh, with Q and and Joe. And like Joe, one's Samoan, one's Guamanian. Well, n- well, not really. I, I think what what kind of brings us all together and we can mesh is like we are from islands, right? You know what I mean. So I feel like anybody that lives on the island kind of has a whole different type of of outlook on life. You know what I mean? So I think that kind of meshes us together. Um but I would say it's it's I would say it's pretty close, pretty the same, you know, cuz w- when you're living on an island, you're living off of the ocean. You're living off your plantation. You're living off family. You know what I mean? Like you're not just cooking for one household. Like if you're cooking for your family, sure. Everybody our age is actually cooking for multiple homes. You know what I mean? So mm. in the, in the village. So so our kitchens are outside. You know what I mean? Because you could just cook a lot more and feed a lot more people than you would be able to in in a, in a home. So everything is done with multiple families. It's not just one household. Did not know that. Yeah. So and and that's what brings it in so close and so tight because you're feeding like five homes or uh your your village you could be like a royal family so you're cooking for the whole royal bloodline so and yeah we're the ones out there cooking it <laughs> and that's pretty common like like let's say house a will take the shift for a day and then house b will take a shift for the other day exactly cooking? that's exactly how it would be but there wouldn't be actually uh like a house a or a house b it's we're just all one house even though it's, you know what I mean, just a connection and just a love for, for the village is we're all in one umbrella. Oh shit! But, yeah, but I, I do. But there is like a house A, a house B, or whatnot. But it's like no one even sees that. It's like you and I are brothers, and this is our whole family. So when it when it's time to to feed everybody, let's go. So everyone kind of takes the responsibility instead of just uh, one house or, or, I, or whatnot. I wonder if the saying it takes a village comes from like a Pacific Island learning right. situation. <laughs> right. Because with Filipinos, it's fairly similar, but that's even tighter. Right. And net better. Because so, it's a lot smaller, too. It's a, it's a True. It's so small. The island is so small. I think you can take... Um, Going around, going around Kukuila is like only like five hours or something like six hour drive or something. And Kukuila is Kukuila is American Samoa, and then there's a Samoa which is um, Western Samoa. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 
so that that's a beautiful setup. Well, you know, I'm a long form guy, right? So right. we're gonna chop it up. Let's go h- hardcore yeah, yeah. style. So when when you moved from Hawaii, mm-hmm. so from Samoa to Hawaii to the U.S., right? Was it a bigger adjustment for you, or was it? Pretty natural. Um, I was a kid, so I mean, yeah, I mean, my parents came out here. So this is how it goes. Like, if you're coming from Samoa, you're coming, you're obviously from Samoa to Hawaii and then Hawaii to California. And then once um, our parents hit California, they kind of disperse. Everyone goes through, like, Compton, basically. Sure. Park, the Park Village projects. So, and then everyone kind of gets dispersed from Compton out to the rest of the U.S., basically. So that's just how the chain goes. Um, that's how Carson became, you know, Little Samoa, you know. So that's definitely how it goes. Samoa, Hawaii, Compton, projects, the Park Village projects. Big shout-out to the Park Village out there. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, everyone gets dispersed there. So, yeah. So growing up... It was crazy because we had more families in one house. You know what I mean? So sure. there, was, there were several families in one house. And it's funny. And all my Samoan people and Polynesians know this. They would put, like, newspapers all over the ground, right? Uh-huh. All over the floor. And all the kids would come and sit on top of these newspapers, and that's how they would feed us. You Because know, you're feeding just so many kids, sure, and they're going to make a mess. So they're like, okay, you know what? We're going to put newspapers out and just call them all over. <laughs> it's crazy, right? <laughs> you, hear, you listen, and you try to picture you like some dogs, yo, right? Like we're feeding like a bunch of dogs, but it's just easier that way, and the cleanup would just be easy. You'd right, because you crumple and, you and just toss. crumble all up and toss. Right. Yeah, so. Because the, the, the biggest misconception, and I didn't learn this, my, my perception of Samoan and Islandesians were different. I felt like mm-hmm. Filipinos were more metropolitan, and you guys were more original OG yeah. island, right. Islander, right? But for me, I thought it was like breeding. You guys were breeders, but I'm just learning right now is it, it's cross-family integration. Right. That's what's happening. Right. That is what's, that is what's happening. And it's crazy because um, I guess, what, Filipinos would be like Filipinos are Filipinos, Micronesians, right? Or yeah, no, well, it's, it, there's, I feel like there's a shift there. Right. Because the, 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 the recorded agreed upon mm-hmm. uh, makeup is the small, burly, curly, dark haired Filipinos called Itas. Uh-huh. Then the Malaysians, then the Indonesians during that whole spice trade shit. Okay. Then the Chinese. This is, this is false. A lot of Filipinos will claim they be part Spanish. No, Priests just went to your villages and said, all of your last names are fucking Gonzalez. All of your last names are Villanueva. Right. But you're not necessarily... Spanish. Spanish. Right. But there are some that you could tell just from... Because if you go to the Philippines, you'll see, like, essentially Hawaiian-looking girls where it's like, wait, are, you're not the Manny Pacquiao with tits. Right. How, how do you look? You know what I'm saying? Did <laughs> right. you look like you could like the the eyes are lighter brown, the mm. skin is lighter, and and the the construct of the nose is a little bit more euro, euro mixed. Okay, those are the ones who got down with the Spanish and the Castilians and the Portuguese. Okay, but not every Filipino is part Spanish. Right, and and, and I'm, thank you for breaking that down to me because all my Filipino homies all had like Spanish last names. Sure, and I didn't understand. 
you know why, but right. It's just a, it's a matter of a priest or a Spanish friar going right. All your names now are Garcia. And like you were saying earlier, when we were having a conversation, you were saying uh, pesos. So pesos is the, the denomination is in the Manila. Do- okay, that's because ah, of Spanish rule. The Spanish rule. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. so when you moved out here, uh, the transition, you were too young to feel the feel difference. This di- right, to feel the difference. So exactly. the adjustment was there. Was there, right. And also right. being in Carson and Compton in those areas because there's so many Samoans out there. Right. It kind of, yeah, it was like we never left almost. It was like the whole island moved with us almost. Just because it was just so, you know, our parents were chasing the American dream. Sure. You know what I mean? So there was a lot of us coming here at the same time. You know what I mean? So, and we were all in in the same household. So it was like, you couldn't feel the shift. It was, you couldn't really tell. It's just like a few thousand miles this way. Right. But same family thing. Same family. So yeah. we were talking off mic about like uh, immigrants making money, right? Right. You know, um, so is it safe to say that there is a large amount of Samoans that want to move to the U.S. as the dream? That's the dream. That's the, that's the qualm. That, yeah. Yeah. That, that That's it. And it's crazy because, you know, Samoa is so small. You can't do anything. You're not going anywhere. The cold part is is Samoa, American Samoa, the only way off of the rock, which they call it the rock because, you know, it's just like one mountain with water around it. Sure. Um, The cold part is the only way off of the rock is NFL or the U.S. military. And that's pretty much it. Uh. Or WWF, I guess. And the cold part is they won't give us our citizenship so we're kind of like uh, Puerto Rico, the Virgin Islands, but they'll let us enlist into the military and basically fight their wars. You know what I mean? So and that's how the structure you guys were utilized as grunts, military grunts. Absolutely. Absolutely. Fuck. Yeah, it's crazy. It, 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 it's really crazy. American Samoa is the number one recruiting center of all of the U.S., And we're going against huge states. Sure. Like Texas, like California. And a little spot in the island is recruiting more people than any state here in the U.S. You can Google it. You can check it out. It's... It's it's pretty disgusting, dude. Like the the JROTC there is huge. What like is the JROTC? High, it's like it's a, the military. It's a military like uh, training training, and it starts young. It starts in the schools, so there are already like elementary schools. They're already being raised that way. Our people are already being uh, formed. It's like conditioning. It is. It is. It really is, and it needs to be blown blown up like. It just needs to get blown up because you could do you. And the cool part too is like all these, all these units, like these black ops, all these units that are going in and and doing all these masterful moves for the U.S. military. A lot of them are Samoans, but when you turn on a on a movie, you know what I mean. You're not seeing that, right? So yeah. It's pretty crazy, but the cold part too is our our people, they're not seeing it like that. They're just like, okay, we're poor, we need to feed home. You know what I'm saying? So you so, take it. So you take it. 
So ah. uh, yeah, so a lot of, a lot of military people right now will be kind of like when they hear this, you know what I mean. But then a lot will be like, "Yo, it's like right. shy pit bulls yeah. or shy Rottweilers yeah. that don't don't know their value." Right. Uh, for the listening audience and for Ryan here, live in the moment. Okay, take a look at this part where I say "hood." This, these are my pre-interview questions, right? Okay. So it says here, pick up a ball. Sell dope or gangbang. Yeah. So that's that's the implication for blacks. Okay, right. What you just uncannily connected to my interview questions mm. is that it's either wrestling, right. NFL, or the military. Or the military. There's something about a fucking oppressed culture that's, where those are like the limited options. That is. That is. Right? The, and so you, you can say no, it on, on audio. Those were my. Those are his exact. Yeah. Right here. I'm looking at his notes on his phone right now. So Absolutely. so the, it's pretty amazing that it's still – is there a change? Maybe that's the better question. Is there a change to where, like, the younger generations maybe go, fuck, fuck that military. Fuck that NFL shit. I'm going to get my way to Cali or New York or wherever, and I'm going to be like a programmer. Yes, there there is now. There is now. And, and – and that's because there's uh there's a lot of um musicians or you know hip hop um heads that are kind of on the more conscience level you know what i mean so they're kind of you know getting the word out to the you know to the kids and they are they are it's it's very very slight though it's very slight but there is there is starting to be a change there is a lot more woke kids but but that's that's the goal is to be able to build like schools there and to, you know, amplify the education to let our kids know, like, hey, you don't have to go in here and fight these wars. Don't do that. You don't have to use your body. Like, so the goal is to build schools and send it back. That way they have another route. You could be, you know, your use your mind, not your body. You know right. what I mean? To To be able to. You know, to survive and to be able to chase that dream. You know what I mean? Like, instead of going in and dying, you know what I mean, and fighting this war. Like, and, and it's it's really a sad thing. It's really disgusting because all they look at it is, I'm just feeding my family. You well, know? the other thing too is the way. I mean, no rip. No, yes, a rip to the U.S. military if that's yeah. you know what's taking place still, which right. uh, it seems like it is. Oh yeah. You know it it because the physique. Of right. Samoans, you guys right. are like the largest people I've known since I was like growing up, even in the Philippines or in Singapore. Right. You know, we refer to you guys as the giant right. Pacific Islanders. Right. And, and uh, uh, what was I going to say? And another thing is that's the Matai system. The Samoan culture is actually built from the Matai system. Okay. A Matai system is the chief system. You know, so there's one older royal family shot caller. And he, and then it branches out to the different chiefs and it branches out. So it's already built like the U.S. military, you know what I mean? So that's why the U.S. military is just so happy and just so they, they love Samoans in the military because they're already trained in that, in that way. Like they're the disciplined. Right. They're already disciplined. Exactly. They're completely disciplined because they have a high chief telling you like people our age right so a chief it's crazy because you go to Samoa people our age we're like the police of the village 
You mm. know what I mean? So like like uh so if you go to Tutuila, we would be the shot callers of everybody our generation and lower. Okay. You know what I mean? So and they'll they'll hit a bell. They'll hit a bell, big old bell around the whole island. And that lets people know around the island, like if you're driving, like we'd go out there on the road, if you're driving and you hear that bell that bell, you have to pull your car over because you gotta get ready to pray to God. So we'll stop the whole island. We'll stop cars driving by because everybody our age, the whole, all of us is in the road when they hit that first bell. Boom, boom. Cars are starting to pull over. Once they hit that second bell, that means start praying. You know, so everything shut daily. We're talking daily, you know. So and if cars don't pull over, we got we got walkie talkies. We're we're rocking people's cars. Sure. You're going to get stones thrown at your car. You know what I mean? So you got to pull your car over, start praying. Then you hit the next bell and then get ready um, to get back to your life. You know what I mean? So all the the island shuts down and prays to God. Now, is that like because with Filipinos, we were we were hardcore, you know, the, the Portuguese trade right. part. You know, I mean, it's total spice race culture. Mm-hmm. So is that like an original Samoan like? Discipline and prayer and spirituality. Yeah. yeah. Good for you guys, yeah. man. Yeah, for sure. And even at nighttime, there's there's a curfew. Maybe not so much on the other villages, but like the village where I'm from, there's like a curfew, and then there's a lot uh, that are, that run their whole village like that. So, and you, you hit that bell, and we're out there making sure everybody's in their house or in there praying, and then curfew comes nine o'clock. Boom, nobody's out. Okay. So yeah. now, now this is this is really the gi- most giant setup for that question, Jonah from Tonga. Right. How did you take it with with all of this it, in your system? Right. Was it first? Uh, were you? Did you find affection for the character? Were you pissed off? What was your initial reaction to it? My initial reaction is was. I don't know. I thought it was funny, dude. I thought it was so hilarious. I. I thought it was fucking hilarious, bro. I, I I liked it, but a lot of people were pissed, and I was like, you know, I had a I had a a, a conversation with my boy Ida MC. Shout out to Ida MC, and yeah. he was like, "How the fuck did you? How could you like that shit, man?" And I was like, "He wasn't even tonguing. It was a white dude playing a tongue." And I was like, "It's comedy, bro. You know what I mean? Like." It's comedy, dude. And they're giving work. Like, everyone that's in that show are getting paid. You know what I mean? So I was just like, I didn't find anything wrong with it. But, yeah, a lot of people fucking thrash me for that. But Well, I don't know if that has a lot to do with your upbringing or just being just open-minded naturally. Because I'll show you yeah. one picture, okay? And I'm going to post this at the Beat Junkie website. Right. If you could describe, it's a black guy, Right. Right. And then he's at the Beat Junkie a, iOS. Okay, yes. He's, wear, he's wearing like Japanese, a Japanese, Japanese flag, flag right. uh, on his head. On and his then, head. And this, with, I'm not sure if that's Japanese or Chinese or Korean. I, I don't know. Right. But let's just say he's in sync. Right, let's, okay. In theory. Right. A lot of people will look at this and say, oh, that's cultural appropriation. Mm-hmm. Fuck that. That to me is homage. That's, that's how I look at it. That's fucking homage. That's how I see things. You know what I mean? But I don't know. That's us, I guess. Right, because to me, 
what, what he's trying to do is sometimes if it's not our people's going to put us in the map, maybe he will be a stepping stone right. to us putting ourselves in right. the map. Because he's saying, you know what? Look over here. You know? Yeah. Look over here. Look over here. And that's, I think that's dope. I think that's dope. I, I think I found a lot of commonalities where like Filipinos like to sing. Mm-hmm. Islanders just want to sing, yeah. dude. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone tries to dance as if yeah. they're in a fucking boy band, yeah. dude. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then also, uh, Filipinos, um, we're more on the breeding end. Like, see how yours is more like the communal tribal end right. of like multiple families in one home. Right. We're, we're just more like, I guess, the Asian Mexicans where we like to breed more. Right. Right. So right. if you saw eight, it's not like two families. No, no, no. Eight kids. It's not like a mom and dad here, a mom and dad here, and they had four kids each. Right. It's more like, nope, this couple banged out eight banged kids. Out, yeah. Right. Right. So that, that's the difference in and, perception. And, and, and that's what's been happening now. Like, you know, like, like, uh, you know, like this platform, Island Block Radio. Um, Island Block Radio probably would not be able it probably wouldn't have survived back in the early early days because our numbers just wasn't ready for it sure you know what i mean that's why you're 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 starting to to feel a big shift of the polynesians coming in right now because the numbers are just up there like before we would just like uh promoting or having like a band or something it would be just like one little bar you know what i mean now it's just like bigger now we're doing auditoriums you know what i mean now we're doing huge crowds that are pulling like fifty thousand people you know so now is the time right now uh is the polynesian uh wave it's about time but let let me ask you i asked q and joe this and it was kind of like a a loose answer two-part question okay uh how critical is Jawaiian music for the gathering and, and the strength mm-hmm. of the Islandesian Micronesian people? Because I felt like that was really critical. Like in the beginning, it was what? Savage, Buya tribe. Right. Uh, what's the one other one? And that's how limited my knowledge is of, right. of giant islanders in hip hop. Right. And then they, they were like, I guess in, in DJing, they were like the Q-Birds, right? Right. You know, they were like yeah, the DJ no Cubers for Samoans. It's like, okay, this is us. Like, yeah. Red Maddox has been DJing since the 80s. Through all that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Red Maddox and, and, and Cubert are kind of like Savage and Booyah Drive, right? Right. So, maybe this is more like a theory conversation? Mm-hmm. Was Jawaiian music critical to helping the people... Get together, right? When you say Jawaiian music, it's this hybrid blend. It's kind of like Noah Bradley when he had that band before he passed um, from Long Beach. I don't practice Santeria. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, Sublime. Sublime. Okay, so you mean like the whole, uh, like the whole island, island music, island reggae? Because right. that was originally a Caribbean, and then for some reason, it it literally like on a ship, it transferred. To, right. to, to, to the Pacific. Right, right. Well, I, I feel like it, it, it would only be right because, you know, you live on an island. So, I mean, uh, reggae music is part of its island. 
You sure. know what I mean? So um, I feel like, you know, the, the Polynesians have a right to do that because it's it's from an island. You know what I'm saying? But as far as the hip hop culture, um, Booyah Tribe, uh, I want to give a shot, a, a big uh, shout out to the whole DeVoe family. Rest in peace to Ted, the Godfather. Yes, sir. Salute you. And I just feel like they made their own lane because they weren't into that island music. It wasn't their thing you know what i mean they weren't happy they lived here in, in in la they were they were fighting gang culture you know what i mean so i feel like the Buya tribe created that lane because not everybody's happy like you know reggae music i mean they're happy because they're on the island you know what i mean so it's small there's no rush you know what i mean see like, the sun all the time you see the sun the ocean you know what i mean so your vibe is completely you're happy you're happy go lucky like you know what i mean but then here the here in the us there's gang culture you know what i mean and Samoans having to come from hawaii i mean samoa hawaii and then right into compton before they get dispersed so it's just they end up in these areas and what's the product of that environment? Gangs between blacks, gangs between Latinos. So you become that so product you become too. That product, you know what I mean? So they're like, you know, we're gonna make our own lane because we're not over here happy. You know what I mean? Yeah, I respect the island music. I, I respect it. I don't have to like it. You know what I mean? But I'm gonna start. We're gonna create our own lane. You know right. what I mean? And yeah, I feel like it's it's d- done something huge for. For the culture, you know, you got everybody coming out now. Like I said before, our numbers now are are up there now, right? You know? So, but then I feel like like it's so watered down though. Like a lot of a lot of musicians and a lot are coming out and they're just kind of riding that wave. And I feel like the integrity is kind of lost. Well, it is a pop haven now. Now it's a pop haven. Look, look at the engineering term. Oh, he he pop smashed everything. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, like uh, for, for the listening audience and for you who's watching, like right. Kanye has like this. If you listen to like the first two albums, it's very mid. Okay. You listen to new dance slash urban hip hop or urban pop. Right. We should call it. There's a TRA 808 drum kit sound. It's kind of like a kick with like a reverb. So it's like. Dum. Right. And in this case. You know, this pop smash is just kind of like, okay, Taylor Swift's vocals is going to be featured like this, and everything else uh, yeah. comes after that. Oh, yo. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, uh, what, would it be safe to say, like, Booyah Tribe was, they're, they're like the Abraham Lincoln, or they're like the forefathers of, for, yeah. of respect, right? Yeah, absolutely. And nobody wanted to touch them because they just were just so real, so raw, uncut. Like, record labels was not fucking with them, yo. They're, like, too scary. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, nobody was fucking with those cats. Shug wouldn't dare yeah. fuck with them. Nah, that's what I'm saying. Like, they were doing Shug shit before there was even Shug. Right. You know what I mean? Like, they were doing that shit. And they got all the respect, and I give them all the respect because they did not sell out, yo. They did not. They just was like, you know what? This is us. And fuck everybody. We don't need a fucking label. Fuck everybody. And really, nobody was fucking with these cats because they were too 
Look at them. They, they're, you know, scary dudes. It, but they were also themselves behind the mic. Right. Yeah. You, you could tell, like. Yeah, no doubt. You know, like at that time, it was like Young MC, he's using Flea to play a bass guitar. You know, you can tell that's collabing, right? No doubt. But what I love about Booyah Tribe and, and Savage too, right? Uh, it, it was just like, no, this is my language. Right. Not necessarily Sam Owen, but it's just, this is my personality. Right. And... A lot of for you, a lot of you because Ryan and I are in our forties. If you don't mind me, yeah. This, this no, yeah. You know, like funk was really like in the seventies. Music in the seventies is all derived out of pain. Like uh, when Lachie couldn't get into Studio Fifty Four, right. they did Ah uh, Freak Out. The original song yeah. was supposed to be Ah uh, Fuck You. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, so okay. so for them to utilize and be one with funk because funk is about fuck you, right. It really is. It, 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 it's right. just it's fuck you, but look, I'm gonna make your ass. I, I'm gonna make your ass move to it, right. and that's what Booyah Tribe was. That's dude. what they did. That's you know what, what I'm saying? saying, yo. That's what I'm saying. Like they got mad respect, and when they did that joint with, uh, I think it was Sonic Youth, uh-huh. right for the uh, the Judgment Night soundtrack. Yo, that was like one of my favorite joints right there because it was they were doing like that. Uh, that rap rock type sure stuff, right they were like, like anthrax the, and public enemy public enemy yeah the Last soul and whoever I, I would i didn't fuck with like limp biscuit or anything like that yeah, I, I couldn't I, 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 I couldn't, yeah. couldn't but they were doing that shit like so long ago you know what i mean sure like, yo and, 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 and to come caught. from both hemispheres right sonic youth and and Booyah. i'm and glad Booyah. you're bringing this up yeah yeah that fucking video another body murder dude is still one of the fucking dopest songs ever i think i'm so happy sure. you brought that up because not a lot of people like sonic youth they're like okay if you fuck with this is dating us so bad <laughs> <laughs> if you fuck with radiohead which are legends right fucking sonic youth impregnated people to produce Since, radiohead there you go there you go the, the, like the amount the of original work that they put, formula dude. yes Yo. Y- yes and then you know with with Booyah tribe it's kind of like De La Soul. Yeah. Right? Like, Plug One Two is derived out of homage for native, the, the native tongues. Right. And, you know, De La Soul, they were just like, too unique, too nerdy. They're not hard, but they like who they are. Right. That's where the name Plug One Two was derived of. <laughs> and for two entities to come from... Pull your tribe, the yeah. Sonic Youth. I would have never why, thought of that. Dude, that's why that song is just means so much more than just a song. Well, even if it was shitty, which it's not, mm-hmm. I, I think it's just the fact that they got together. It's like, oh my god, yeah, this is pretty no. fucking dope. <laughs> that shit was funny. You're all dating or dating ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> Start like, talking about fuck. pagers right now. Damn pagers <laughs> in, in the yo, video box, yo. Dude, uh, there was this one episode of D. You remember D? Pump it up. Yes, D's pump it up. You know, Dr. Dre. Dr. Dre. Right. <laughs> so old old man reference. Right. So D's pump it up. There's an episode. I don't know if you, I don't know if it's out there floating somewhere, but she went and interviewed uh, Booyah Tribe, the Booyah Tribe. I, I remember. And she went into Carson, and she was sitting on a Nissan Sentra. And it was an up-close shot, right? And then the the camera starts to pull back, 
and there's four Samoan dudes holding the fucking Sentra. Yo, it was crazy. Yo, it was the craziest shit. She was like, yo. And it was four Samoan dudes on each corner of this, like, 1985 Sentra, Nissan Sentra, being held. Like, they completely picked this car up off the ground and de-sitting on it while and interviewing. It was, like, the greatest shit ever, yo. And, and you know what I miss about that? If they were to try and do that now... Anything after Jackass, mm. I feel like it killed Risk. Because back then, these four big dudes would be like, yeah, we'll lift it. Do you need me to sign a waiver? D would probably not even have him right. sign a waiver. Right. It's just like family shit. Family style interview, right? Real shit. And it, it was to display, I, I don't know who to give props to, because I don't know who the director was, if that was D's idea or this Booyah right. Tribe's idea. But to display these impetuous... Roman godlike figures yeah. that she's interviewing. I thought that was the most genius, and it was in the spirit of being hard. That's what I'm saying. Hard. Like, these dudes were like eating the gym. Fuck going to the gym and working out. These dudes were like eating dumbbells. Yo, like it was stupid. <laughs> yo, right? Yo, monsters. Yeah, monsters. Dude. Yeah, and 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 I, I guess not. I guess. Props to D for recognizing that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because it became about music first. Right. And when, when you know, we're belong in this time where we'll look back in our 60s, which is like two years from now. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that time when Trump was president? Yeah. We're looking back at a time, we're at a time right now where it, it feels like the uneducated mouth has a word and it's strong. Yeah. But I think that's limiting because that, that example to hop on what you just described for the listening audience and viewing audience, that, that is one way to show the might of Booyah Tribe. Yeah. The might. Absolutely, man. I mean, no, no disrespect to Dre, Easy, and, and Cube and all them and Ren and... DOC, I, I don't think they could lift a fucking Volkswagen yeah, and hold it up. Fuck no. And the crazy part is they could have easily, and I'm sure everyone recognized the talent from Booyah Tribe, like Dr. Dre, like all these big, humongous producers. Like they wanted to fuck with Booyah Tribe, but they were just too scared to fuck with Booyah Tribe. You know what I mean? Like I honestly feel like those guys, um, see, that's one thing that's, I swear, like, Samoans are like pit bulls, right? You look at them, and you're like, holy shit, like, I am not fucking with these guys. But then the pit bulls are like the most loving creatures yep. ever. You know what I mean? You just look at a pit bull, and you're like, nope, I'm good. I'm fucking going across the street. I'm not, you know, I don't even want the pit bull to see and look at me. But then once you get to know, it's like mad love. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so I feel like, they didn't even give Booyah Tribe that chance because they're just like, I don't want the pit bull to look at me in my fucking eyes, so I'm good. Well, I have a theory, and, and I need you to be the master opinion of it. Okay. So check me, go with me, whichever. Right. Whatever's organic to you. Okay. Well, because I feel, especially there's there's photos of, of album covers with Dre and them in that funk fucking white glitter shit. Right. So if you're really, 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 really hard, you should be able to a go, A, one, you're a wolf on a dominant mountain. I'm another wolf on another dominant mountain. Let me howl at you and just pay respect. 
because they were portraying being hard too hard. Too hard. You know yeah, what I mean? Instead of being hard, because if you're yeah. Booyah Tribe, you're six five, six seven, and then you're like three hundred to four hundred pounds. Right. There's no need to be uncomfortable in your skin anymore. Right. Right. You you you're literally like Kobe Bryant walking in Japan. You know what I yeah, mean? No disrespect it. to Asians and Japanese people, <laughs> but let's just yeah. face it. I'm I'm the tallest mammoth of a five foot seven guy I know, and I am a fucking elephant right. of a five foot seven guy. Okay, right. you know. So, wh- what do you think of that opinion? Yeah. That that they were trying too hard to be hard. Who's that? The- NWA. Oh yeah, yeah, no doubt. In, in the context yes. of them fucking with Booyah Tribe, no. right? We're not disparaging anyone. Right, right. But they knew. Um, but you're right. Like they were acting harder than they they really are. And, and Cube went it, to University of Phoenix, right? And it's funny that you say you say that because the hardest then they had to pick up a couple of Samoans, which is Jacob and John. That's right. Yo, yes, that that yes, was sir. Easy E's bodyguards, yo. So they had they were like, okay, we need to move with some fucking real hard, like some real street dudes. Some real big, real street dudes that are the size of a comic are, book character. Yes, yes, and they did. They did that, and they they picked up the twins. You know, so, right. So that in itself, they're like, okay, well, look who I got. Yeah, right, like, yo, I'm hard. I'm hard. Look, I got the small cats. You know what I mean? So, but yeah, I totally get it. But but let me ask you. Um, so, like with Filipinos in the '90s. Right. They fought each other. Mm-hmm. So with Samoans, did they fight each other? Yeah. Well, yeah, well, yeah there was Bloods and Crips, yeah. But, um, like, in the 80s, it, it, it was tough. It was actually, like, Tungans and Samoans. Thank you. Yeah, it was actually Tungans and and Samoans. And we've, we've um, you know, they created this, uh, the Uso the Toko Uso movement, which kind of got us all together. And even before that, but, um, yeah, we were, it was bad. People were, lives were being lost. Peoples were running in churches. And Tongans were just as big, right? Yeah, Tongans are just as big, exactly. Like, if you weren't Polynesian, you probably would not be able to tell the difference between a Samoan and a Tongan. That's why uh, people always ask first, like, are you Samoan or Tongan? Because they can't tell the difference. But uh, gang culture is what happened, and we've gone and grown and unified our cultures. It's it's a it's a beautiful thing where we're at today, you know. So we kind of outgrew that. I mean, it still pops off. Sure, you know what I mean. It still pops off. There, there's still a little bit of residue from from the past, but for the most part, yeah, we're doing great. Well, well, that's great because I remember yeah. in in the late '80s, early '90s. It's my first time at in Glendale. It's my first week, mm-hmm. so in the library, there's like I didn't know what a cholo was, but they were like Filipino cholos. Yeah, inside the library, what the fuck are you doing in the library, <laughs> right? So apparently, they're macking on Holy Family girls because the school was right around the block. Right, and then oh my god, dude, there was like two dudes. Inside, trying to mack with these holy family uh, schoolgirls, there were like six, seven dudes, and three of them had baseball bats. Yeah, yeah. And and they were calling them out, and like in Filipino, calling them faggots. They're like 
fucking bakla. Come on, man. Get out of here. And it, it was the craziest thing to witness because this is the five foot eight, five foot six version of I can imagine your wars. Right. It was so crazy because there's two dudes and there's about six guys and three of them had baseball bats. The people in the library didn't understand the situation. So one of the guy goes, T- uh, I guess TCS meant trece cantos. Who were the, the two dudes inside? Mm. TCS out. But if you let them out, you're feeding them to the fucking pit bulls Whoa, with, yeah. with base with two, three baseball bats. And I don't know how they got out because uh, a lot of cars were pulling in and you know cops mm-hmm. started coming in. But one one guy ran and four guys ran after him. Didn't see what happened. Yeah, I remember seeing some footage from from a few years back where it was bad. Like you guys were like, like it was, well, gangs is yeah, what I'm saying in yeah, general. Well, yeah, true, gangs in general. It got really bad. I remember um, like Asian gangs just running up in a like a pool hall, and some dude just pulled out a gun and just started open firing on everybody. And, and the crazy part was, it, it was like, man, they're all the same. It's, it's, that was the watching against the triads oh, you, where it was yes, in the valley. Yes. And one guy tried to fight him with pool cues and he hid underneath the table. Right. And that's and like it. the killing of the pig. Yeah. Yeah. So you saw that. Absolutely. Yeah. And, so. and, and, and your culture, <laughs> the, the Tongans, that's done. Or it yeah. feels like it's yeah. I mean, there's still a little residue, but we're, like like I said, we're doing an awesome job right now. Big shout out to the uh, Toko Uso movement. Um, we're doing a great job, you know. Like and especially with uh, just our numbers growing, okay. I feel that everybody has to take responsibility. And was like, hey, you know what? We need to do something now before our numbers start to grow. So that shift happened, and now our numbers are growing and. You know, uh, we're 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 like together. It's a beautiful thing now because I think uh, the head guys knew that our numbers were going to grow, so they they stopped and was like, okay, so like in the nineties, and and had a conversation and figured it out and was like, you know what, enough is enough. You know what I mean? So now we're we're in two thousand and eighteen, and I think that conversation it's it, it it's holding. I, I'm going to ask a question <clears throat> which I've asked. Multiple cultures, because I, I need to find out for myself directly as the research. Uh, with blacks, right, there's a big difference between blacks and Africans from Africa. Right. With the Internet, Mexicans from Mexico versus Mexicans from L.A., right. the, the gap is shortening because of the Internet. You know, if they're mm. if they're like into punk and rockabilly they have that there too in mexico is there a big difference and gap still between samoans from samoa versus u.s yes ah yes and no okay but but but, let's examine the no part but or the yes part the yes part definitely because like um because the gang culture is so strong with um the polynesians here you know what i mean Mm. so so like, let's say, okay, when you go to when you fly to Samoa, so you, like saying you're a cat from here, from the U.S. Sure, you I'm Samoan American. You're Samoan American, and you're just 
dickies up. You know what I mean? You, 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 you know what I mean? You got dickies, a T-shirt. You're just, you know, Samoan American. So you fly out to Samoa in American Samoa. The airport is the hangout. Everyone hangs out at the airport. There's only two flights a week that comes into Kukuila, to American Samoa. And all the natives, they go to, they go and hang out at the airport because they want to see who's coming in, who's coming into American Samoa. So when they see an American Samoan and he's all tatted up and he's just like Dickie's Chuck's T-shirt, they want to beat that shit out of you. Not even, not even hit you up first. They're just gonna They're beat just the shit out. Beating of Beating the shit out of you. So when you come out, you jump off the airplane, and you're walking out, and you just see just hundreds of of locals, hundreds of villagers, and they're there to check that shit off the island. They don't want this U.S. gang culture shit in Samoa because. Oh, you know what okay. I'm so it's that purpose. It's like right. it's like Robin Hood, but really hood. Right, but really hood. Exactly. <laughs> So they're like, nope, you're coming here, you're leaving that shit there, and you're coming here, and you're 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 gonna fight with us, and we're gonna beat that shit out of you. Like literally, that's what happened with, even with me and my brother when we got there. Nobody told us what the fuck it was, so uh-huh. we're coming over there, and we're just like Jays, you know, it's five ones, just thinking like, okay, you know, and they just all was like, okay. Yeah, we got you guys. We got you. So me, me and my brother, had, we were fighting like every day. And it was like village on village. That's how they do it out there. You know what I mean? Villagers on villagers. Like uh, like some old uh, kung fu movies. Like you go to the marketplace and they just have their own little villages. It's like each village has their own, it's their own gang. You know what I mean? So, which which could be interpreted really not that I'm trying to be politically correct for it. it right. It's a, it's a tribal. It's a tribal tribalism. Thing. Yeah, it's tribalism. That's exactly what it is. And we were coming from here, so they knew. So they were. We were fighting all the time, and they do that. They want to beat the shit out of that that gang culture, to uh, to the, you know, to keep that shit off the island. Really, hood Robin Hood. Really, hood and Robin Hood. Wow. So when the Samoans go back, the American Samoans go back here, they're like, okay, motherfuckers, you guys want to treat us like that? When we see you coming here to America and and your English is broken and you're just, you know, you can tell by the way they're dressing, you know what I mean, that they're not from here. Right. They're banging back. They're like, okay. Okay, but so, but but that intent is to give back, right? Not not, not in the Robin Hood, right, really hood kind right, of way, right? Exactly, exactly. Ah, uh, and that's so where the tension and, and, rises. Yeah, and that's where the, the tension rises. So after that, after that, we kept on going back. But I was like, okay, next time I go to Kukuila and Samoa, I'm just gonna wear ear lava lava, a t-shirt <laughs> and some slippers. You know what I mean? I'm just gonna sneak. I'm just gonna go right in. Everyone's gonna think I'm like this, you know, right. local. And but there is definitely a, a gap, you know, because now the the Samoans and the American Samoans are trying to like, OK, I'm going to be better at whatever it is here in America than you are. You know what I mean? So, OK, yeah. So there there is that 
there is that there. But the, the respect level of it is is high. But it's just like anybody else here. Like, we're going to see who's going to hustle. We're going to see where, you know, like friendly competition type thing. Can you still do another 15? Yeah. Are you cool? Yeah. You can do that? Yeah, okay, cool. That. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. No doubt. Uh, there's a lot of things. There's, there's a big palette to Ryan's personality. And right now, we're barely eating the soup. <laughs> right. Okay? This, this is a colorful dude. Um, to paint you and back up what he said, we were supposed to record at Studio D, which is where we're recording. But I booked Studio C. And Ryan was kind enough to flip the reservations just so me, Jay, and Zach can do a Plug 1-2 episode here. Right. So that's kind of like the warmth of what he was saying. A couple of other things... Uh, about this uh, this statuesque, male statuesque culture behind Samoans and what comes with it is a physicality which leads you to a physical life almost of career. You have been or are still currently a, a bodyguard, door person, bouncer? No. Or formerly? Formerly, absolutely. Okay. Formerly. How did that come about? Um, it's crazy, dude. Like, I was I was just a big ass kid, bro. You know, still I, are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yo, so I was actually my first bouncing job was in Anaheim. I was fourteen years old. I was I was fourteen, and and I lied. I bullshitted it all the way through it. And there was this uh, theater called the Anaheim Celebrity Theater back in the day. And my first my first show was NWA, EPMD, um, Everlast. But back then he was called Rhyme Syndicate, Ice-T. He was part of that. Um, Big Daddy Kane. And, and yeah. And that was my first show. And Anaheim Celebrity Theater, they had this rotating stage that just rotated really slow. Was this 89-ish? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes, yes, exactly. That is what it was. You you know the Anaheim Uh Celebrity Theater. Dude, I I just know hip-hop, too. Yeah. Which we haven't even touched yet. We haven't even touched yet. So I was in there, big-ass kid, dude, and they fucking were like, just go... We need you to work in the backstage. And so I'm back there, yo, with fucking Ice Cube, yo, DOC, like everybody. And I'm just like this big-ass kid inside. I'm just like, you know what I mean? I'm excited as fuck. I'm like, holy shit, yo. You know what I mean? 14, yo. Like, Rockin' Kings, you know what I mean? NWA shit was just popping. Right. And I'm in there. But I can't show how fucking excited I am. Got to manufacture the cool. Yes. So I'm just, you know, big burly dude, just like acting like nobody ain't shit. I'm with NWA, so what? These motherfuckers. But the crazy part was when Easy E came in and flew on top. He came in a helicopter, bro. Landed Mm. like the fucking president on top of the building. Came back out. I was one of four dudes that actually ran Easy E onto the stage. It was crazy. It was me in the front. There was two other Samoan cats on the right and left. Of course. And then right behind me was Easy E, and then there was another Samoan cat that closed it off right behind fucking Easy E. So I ran this guy up on the stage, and then I move out the way, and he just pulls out this fake gun. He's like, Pah! it's Easy E, rocking nonstop. I was like, yo. <laughs> but I mean, 
And you had to resist bobbing your head at that yeah, moment. Yeah, I had at fourteen. At fourteen, that was right. like the hardest shit to ever. That was the hardest shit ever to do. <clears throat> but going to answering your question, I mean, we're big dudes. You know what I mean? Someone's are big dudes, and, and and they can't doubt a fourteen year old that says, "Hey, I'm eighteen. Right? Because you're a giant. Right. And um, and I think uh, why we are you know just good for that, I guess, is because. Everyone kind of respects Samoans, and Samoans are almost kind of like the neutral. You know what I mean? Like you just, just do. You know, we're all here to have fun. Like, right? You know what I mean? Like, don't do anything. Like the wiki wiki, yeah, but don't fuck with but me. But don't fuck with me. Exactly. You know what I mean? So, and I, I believe that's why. You know, plus the size, of course. You know what I mean? And we're respectful people, so owners like that. Business people like that. You know what I mean? And. And and bad elements go, come into clubs, and the first thing they do is size up the joint. They want to see if they can overthrow the place. And when they see, like, a bunch of Samoan dudes, it's almost, like, neutral. Like, oh, okay, we're cool. And, and that ties uh, ties back to what you were explaining about the Samoan culture. Right. Where it's like, you know, we're workhorses. We're, we have the tiger monk discipline. Right. The military discipline. Yes. And we're cool as fuck. We're, we're cool out. Just. Right. Don't do anything bad. Yeah, real shit. Well, I, I, I may even talk to you while I'm while I'm guarding the stage. Right. You know what I'm saying? So sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, no. I mean, that's I mean, like you were saying, like just our size, we end up in these positions because I mean it's the obvious, I guess. And just um just a respect factor. Yeah. And you know, we it's always like mad respect for our elders. Like we, we just got that old fashioned kind of um, morals and stuff, I guess, I would so, say. Did you have to drop people? Uh, and, and what I mean by drop is not restrain. I'm talking pop. Yeah, I, I have. Um, and it's and this, is, this is just a concert. We're not even at the, the club scene yet. Yeah. Oh, at the concert there, no, because uh, there was actually a huge riot that night. It was um, CC Riders and uh, Hoover. So there was actually Crip gangs that were banging on each other that day, and it was crazy, yo, because they broke apart. They were they were, they were breaking chairs, throwing chairs, and I was fourteen, bro, and I was just like trying to dodge my way out, you know. I I saw um, security guards getting just beat to shit. You know, so and they they were just like calling people like just go to the back, go to the back. Like you're talking like eighty nine. I think it was like eighty nine. Um, but yeah, yeah. My God, yeah. So, so that that's the beginning of you moving towards the club. Yeah, the club scene. Right. Security was obviously my thing from that point. It was crazy because they were throwing knives at each other, bro. It was really stupid. It was crazy, dude. But there was no shootings because I mean it was eighty nine. People were kind of. Just fighting. I, fighting. I I would think to hold on to the blade and keep so I can shank someone, but I guess yeah. If you can throw a knife and fucking do right. that, Quentin and Tarantino. They were throwing shit. knives at the security. Oh yeah, like they were just like throwing knives, just hoping it would stick somebody. But yeah, from that point, it was crazy. From that point, that was when I knew that I had to like hip hop was like my thing. Like I. It was just like, because after that, I just kept on running into, in the hip hop world and just my way in was like the security part. Sure. You know what I mean? So, yeah, and I kind of, and that's, I feel like uh, 
it, it was embedded, and that kind of brought me to where I am right now. You remember yeah. Nathan, the photographer, when we were here a couple of weeks ago that I introduced you to? Because we were taking pictures in here, okay, the black yeah, guy? Yeah, the black guy, yeah. So he and I were snobs in the 90s, late 80s. Okay. Like, we preferred West Coast, I mean, East Coast. Yeah. Like, I didn't really fuck with, like, NWA to later. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, no, J. Ruder Damager. If you're talking West, then I guess it would be Opio, the hieroglyphics. Yeah, no doubt. You know, the mm-hmm. far side. But I was such a snob wanting that pro East sa- East Side sound. Mm-hmm. But geographic- geographically, since you were raised more like in the Compton-Carson area, right. which... Did you love it all, or were you? Did you have like a pecking order of like which nineties? No, 80s I, I loved it. Like? I loved it all. Like oh, my good for sound you. too was like the East Coast. Like a lot of cats, like would be like, "Yo, your sound, you sound East Coast," and I and I, I would always tell, "Well, I'm I'm so West that I'm East," but you know, nice. But yeah, but I was I, I liked it all. Like. It had to be lyrical, like you said, like the hieroglyphics, souls of mischief. That's like all my shit, dude. Alcoholics, alcoholics, yeah. So like real hip hip hop type stuff, but like NWA, that was like I was small kind. I was like young, so that was like what what first got me. And you know, I was I thought I was NWA then. You know what I mean? Sure. But but yeah, I like it all. But I'm heavy in the east. I, I would say too. As well, at least the sound of it. I was, I was, I was more like a hip hop hipster. I yeah. love like Diggable Planets. Yeah, Black yeah, Moon. Okay. Oh, yeah. you know, so it was like very artsy. Yeah, like no hip hop. If Basquiat was alive, he'd listen to that shit. Right. You know, he'd be put in a tape. It's like, what's this non shit? Like Tribe, yeah, dude. East to sell, mixtapes. Yeah, woman MC. like like a street artist would fucking. Rock, you know right. what I'm saying? And I thought I was, my ear was above Pac. Yeah. I thought my ear was above Dre. Yeah, same here. I, I felt like uh, I, was a, I was more hip hop than I was rap. You know what I mean? Right. You know, because I, I used to bomb. I used to bomb back in the day. You okay. know what I mean? I, 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 I walked with Ghetto Blasters back in the day. $200 Ghetto Blasters from the local Swamp Meat. Which you probably I mean? looked like an iPhone because you're so big <laughs> and giant. It looked like an iPad on your shoulder. If I would have right. gave that shit, it looked like a fucking radiator. But <laughs> like a Hemi engine. Yo. <laughs> yo. But I, I grew up in that era, dude. I grew up in that era, yo. So so we're, we're pop, popping, breakdancing, battling at the racquetball courts. My older brother was actually a member of Vans when Vans had their first um, – breaker squad like in the 80s um and, and vans they sponsored they were actual vans breakers back in the day so right that's where i i, I kind of grew up grew up in the hip-hop realm there at that time so when it, when hip-hop was just at its you're talking like 86 87 85 dude you know what i mean i was like 10 years old at 85 here we go dating myself again. I, I, hey, man, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to take some probiotics after this interview to make sure my prostate is good, dude. <laughs> <Real> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, Jesus Christ. No, I'm at CBS no. not for fucking liquor anymore. No, no. I'm on the other side <laughs> for fucking 
vitamins and fucking health supplies. Just kind of walking around there like, you know, I'm not here to pick up no medication. No, dude. No, I'm, I'm not picking up a no. fucking warm Jack Daniels <laughs> right. and fucking ice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm no longer in that era Yo, at this point. Shit. You know what I'm saying? Wow. So it, it, yeah, and and I, I feel like the golden era hip hop can still be relevant today, but it's just not being made. Yeah. Or is that being kind of like? You know those guys who work at Home Depot and still have a mullet, and all they listen to is White Snake. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. They, they never yeah. laughed. They never laughed. Which right. is fine, right? right. That's right. okay because that that's what you love, right? Or you got like over slick black guy, and it's like, no, Chubby Checkers, yeah, was music, right? You don't get it, right? I it, feel is, like are we wearing a hip hop mullet? We in are that sense? wearing that hip hop mullet. We and I feel like that's exactly how they're seeing us. But is that is it our fault? Is it our fault? Yes and no. Like, oh, okay, no, no. Let, let me remove the Obamaisms and right. Hillaryisms. Let me give you a concrete answer. Mm-hmm. Concrete jungle. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is our fault because I feel, and this is going to be snobby. Right. And correct me if I'm being snobby mm-hmm. or justifiable. Right. <laughs> Gen X, we are at the cusp of being the latchkey kids where fucking the TV taught us. And we're also at the cusp of understanding technology. If I threw you a Snapchat at, app, mm-hmm. you can figure it out. Mm-hmm. I, I just feel there's also the internet. So, like, I, I love the new underground labels like Selection, Alpha Pup, mm-hmm. How What Where. They use the fuck out of those fucking hi-hats, though. Right. Which is fine. Because yeah. technology's there. Use it. Uh, but we... I think it's the lyrics that's stopping us because the fidelity's dope, the instrumentals are dope, mm-hmm. but they just don't have a lot to say. Right. And maybe they don't care to say anything. Right. Is it our fault because we raised Meaning the Generation bar? X, right? Yeah. Uh, to, to the listening audience and the viewers. Right, right. Is it our fault because we raised the bar so high when it comes to lyrics that they're like, you know what? These kids can't even jump to get there. So now they're like, you know what? Fuck that. We're just going to create our own shit. Can I go societal? Yeah. Can I go yeah. societal, if yes. I may? Yes, please. Do you remember the show Entourage on HBO? Right. If you tie in Entourage being like this decadent show, try to make it, girls. And it was like after uh, the Puffisms. Right. You know, the spilling of champagne, Jay-Z, Big Pimpin'. But Entourage brought in non-minorities in and said, yo, there is something to this fucking champagne culture. Right. And then George Bush comes in and he creates this big fucking credit cards crisis. Mm -hmm. This fucking world. No, go ahead. Get a fucking home. Buy a home. and, And that created this whole... These kids, the the millennials now, when they were like five to nine years old, they thought like life is lavish. And they didn't feel the pain like we did, so they can't write any lyrics. Right. Like we're we're the generation that understood Sopranos and The Wire. Right. 
right? Albeit fantasy or disconnected. But they were so connected to lavish, their brain became turn up. No, so my right. lyrics are now turn up. Right, right. And we're and we're the, we're the fathers of these kids, and and we were saying, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna take us to this. That way, my kid doesn't have to go through what I went through. Right, which is common for any which is common right for any generation, right? right? right. But I just think you couple shows like Entourage. You couple. Even though if you can't afford a house, your parents are buying homes. And then you couple that with the internet so the satisfaction is there. Oh, I got fucking a thousand likes. Dude, I'm so satisfied. Right. No, right. You're right. So there's no urgency to write the pain. You're right. You can produce the pain or produce the turn up, but the lyrics are gone. Yeah. That's why like cats like... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, that's what I'm saying. Like the kids today, they have so many more distractions than we did and outlets to express to express than we did you know like 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 you were saying they could be stars without they could just be internet stars and they're satisfied sure you're in high school and you have a thousand followers guess what that you're pretty feeling pretty rock solid yeah yep you're satisfied you're satisfied so the hunger's already fed that's why i feel like there's so many instrumentalists Mm -hmm. which i respect but it's just, it makes people, but let's even talk about pain and love, right? Like you got someone like The Weeknd that that he comes off as like this R&B God. But if you couple that against like Bobby Brown, who did cocaine and fucked bitches at the same right. time, it's like, that's rock star R&B. Right. Real shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that, that it's all theory. Yeah, I guess it. Yeah, it is all theory, but I just I, I I think it's just that time in the two thousands with living lavish, connecting it to the internet without working hard for your lavishness. Yeah, because you watch Entourage and you go, yeah, I'm gonna live like that. That's what I'm going for. Yeah. I'm gonna concentrate one paycheck on two good nights, maybe one good night, bottle right. service. You're right. So that that's my theory. No, I'm with that daps on that for sure thanks man yeah. <laughs> but, but you know i mean that that's why i love like you know conversing and recording conversations with cats like you because there's so many loopholes and yeah you can go like left endless. and right 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 you know no doubt but but to, to close because i know i've taken a lot of your time already all good okay um any strip club stories man i, I know you use this term off mic while we were talking or right and you said, like, there's girls that will, for $40, will just bone someone? Yeah. It, it, what was that term you used? It's crazy. It was like, um, it's like they come in, they change the whole game, you know? Um, girls would come in and they would do everything. You, they'd straight up, you'd get the ass for 40 bucks on 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 a couch, just a regular couch dance. Then, then her or the girls taking them to the VIP. So, a VIP would be like two hundred dollars just to get into the VIP. And then once they're in the VIP, that's them. If they want the ass, they got you know you're you're paying for it. They're hustling. But then there's girls that are coming into the game that are going back there and they're just banging it out for forty dollars. You know what I mean? So it just it changed the game. It, it completely changes the whole game. Now let me ask you: where, What was the spectrum of like how pretty or how nasty looking they did they look? 
Was it pretty wide? Like even hot girls, yeah, girls, yeah, absolutely. Fucking crackhead. Yeah, because I, I remember strip clubs in the nineties, yo. Like you were actually going in there and you were, you were getting a fantasy, bro. Like you knew when you were going in, you were not getting any ass. You were getting you you were getting dry dry humped, and that was it. You knew that. But I seen the game change to where, yo, the the. The new generation girls are giving up the ass for nothing, bro. Like for nothing, just cause. And it's and it might be because the social media shit too now, because they want to look super cool. Like so, they're like, you know what? Yeah, I'm just gonna do that. And yeah, I I, I think it's because these girls were raised with porn, free porn, and right. the internet. I don't say this to brag, right, right. but as I went back to junior college four or five years ago <laughs> and I was single, right. so I'm banging girls that are like anywhere from 10 to 13 years younger right. than me. They, they're normalized mm-hmm. to porn. Girls fuck better now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're, we're our generation, you, of course, you'll be crazy girls too, but the standard of craziness in bed is higher. Yeah. Like all these girls swallow. Right. All these right. young girls, they swallow automatically. A blast in the face is like it's, a fucking pound. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a knuckle pound. <laughs> no, you're fucking dead on. Dude. You're and, dead and, on. And here's the other thing. Um, I think because they've been normalized to sex and they're, I use the term for the younger audience, latchkey kids is kind of like when you go home, you have a set of keys, but your parents are home because they're still at work. Right. So that's latchkey kids. You guys are like the internet raised kids. You go home, you lock yourself up in your bedroom, whether you're a gamer, you're just a furious masturbator, or you're a girl that you look at Facebook and MySpace and then you finger, you finger bang yourself to porn. To like real to shit. like large dicks. Yeah, real shit. So I, I think they're normalized to that, dude. Because the first wave of like young ones were like Sativa Rose and fucking Daisy Marie. All these girls came out and I was like, oh, the floodgates. But it was still like there's only about 40 new girls from Bang Bros, Naughty America. Yeah. But now you go to Pornhub, Just Hut, X videos. I have a I know someone who does that, not me. Uh, who goes on these right. websites? Age forty-two, Chinese, Filipino. Yeah. Not me, though. Not me, though. No, 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 yeah. no. Right. Uh, uh, but you look at that. It's like the internet with SoundCloud. There's so many people that produce. Yeah. Everyone's a DJ. Everyone's a singer. Everyone's a producer. So it's the same thing. No, it is. It really so I is. think they're also normalized. Yeah, and. It, I remember when, like, just normal fucking was normal. Was normal. <laughs> now you know what I mean. Now chicks are sticking a flashlight in their ass just to be like, okay, cool, it's right. on now. Jackass music playing. Dun, right. dun, 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 dun. Yo, that's it, man. So, the so do, do you have you ever witnessed competition between dancers and like scraps, or were you too busy in the front, like making sure? The scumbags and jet, yeah, I've seen dance. it all, man. I've seen. Let me tell you, sir. Can I give you one of the illest give stories? Give me, give me two if you can. Okay, and then we'll two. wrap it up. Okay, so this is one of the illest shits ever. So you know, 
we had a girl on girl show like the brand I, you know that I'm working for we just had girl on girl shows and people loved the shit right so these two girls are on stage they're just macking they're just licking each other they're just full on just banging each other one girl was actually started her period right there on stage started her period on stage and the girl didn't stop yo the girl did not stop so it was it just kept on going there was blood everywhere blood all over this girl's face and the cold part is guys were going nuts nuts bro <laughs> guys were going fucking nuts like i i shut the light off dude i turned the light off and i'm telling them like to Yo. mask it yeah to mask it and then and, and the girls were just like no nah, turn it up turn it up turn the light so i hit the light the guys were like turn the lights back up and they came with fucking ones and they're just throwing it all over this chick they were eating each other out bro with blood all over their faces like just period blood just everywhere on that stage but the tips went up but the tips went up. It was crazy. The the the, the stage was you couldn't even see the floor. That's how many tips was up there. If I can ask you, it shouldn't matter. But I'm a visual guy. Right. What was the ethnicity of the girl that had the menstruation? Um, they were white girls. Oh, so you could clearly see. You could clearly the, see. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, and they were white, white, like flower white. So you knew it was blood. Like, Dirty flowers. Just yeah, yeah, bloody flower, bro. It was crazy. But yeah. Hey, yeah. Was it, hey, <laughs> before, oh, before you did that scumbag cackle, though, was there an ounce of respect? Like you're watching this because there should yeah. be multiple emotions that you're going through. Yes. Because at first you're like urgency. Right. Get them to the fuck the off. Get them to fuck off. But w- w- were you still in? Hey, this is something I need to protect. Like, did you ever, like, in the end or in hindsight, did you like gain respect for them in the sense? Or? Yeah, it was just yo. It was. I, I went through so many emotions that fucking day, and I'm sure everyone in that fucking building did. In that moment, in that so moment. many emotions. Yeah. So pe- people that are listening now that were there, they're gonna hear this shit and be like, "Dude, I was fucking there." Like, it really was. It was crazy. It was like almost like Carrie, like the fucking movie, like just blood, yo. And then when it got off stage, they were just like, oh, my God, and like trying to hug. And I'm like, yo. Look at all my red dollar yeah, bills. Yeah, look at this. And just bloody, yo. We had girls quit. People left. Girls left. They're like, I'm not going on stage no more. That's I, it. I can imagine. Yeah. I mean, and that, that fucking uh, that cleaning that stage, I felt bad for the waitresses, but they had to do it. Like they alcoholed the whole shit. They just yeah, yeah. And then, you and definitely they, see like yellow and blue latex right. gloves all over that. And shit. the cold part is the show. The show must go on. <laughs> <laughs> so the yo, so yeah. So we, yeah, we just kept going, kept running that stage, dude. It was like yeah. So after so that. the girls that performed after did they quit after? Do you kind of recall or no? They they, they, just, they just, stayed like they just no, fuck it. They just fuck it's it like bloody ass job. money. Like they're trying to tip money and it's just like all bad. I'm sure uh, those ones circulated through the world uh, with bloody 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 mess all over. But yeah. So to close, and I don't know if this is the proper question, but <laughs> if 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 my uh, interview timing is good. Uh, did you ever develop not necessarily a sexual or a physical relationship? Mm-hmm. I'm more curious about like, like underground relationship. Like, yo, if you think this dude's a whale, bring him to me. 
wherever did you ever witness that like yeah absolutely okay so there is this this underground railroad system oh yes oh yeah for sure well what's an example um there uh, i mean i'm sure it's a lot so I'll, i'll help set you up right no there really is i mean there's pros i mean there you still get girls that are just uh just about their entertainment value but they're not making no money they're just making mm. stage money and they're cool with that i'd rather not stri- flip burgers so yeah. it's the same amount of money but it's just at least i'm I, right I, being exactly. sexy exactly and then uh yeah the, the strip clubs ain't even fantasies no more you get you get pros that are in there you know they're going in there with boxes of condoms like they're ready to go to work you know and they're 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 there from you got like these, these girls, there's pros that come, I'm just going to say, that, that come from the Bay Area. They come from the San Francisco. And Too Short is all responsible right, for Right, it. for that. So, <laughs> big up to Too Short. You know what I mean? But they are machines, bro. Like, they'll come in there and work doubles from when we open up all the way until we close. So, they're working like 15-hour days, maybe more, because some of our clubs close at 6 a.m., and they're fucking machines. They're banging it out. They're fucking all day. And then the little break, they're right back in it. As soon as we open, 11 o'clock in the morning, they're fucking there. Just banging it out, dude, for like three months straight, bro. And caking the fuck up. And then they disappear. Boom. Gone. Uh, ah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Gone. And then you see these girls and and you, you see them later and they're like nurses or they're like you know what i mean like they're they're up there like you know what i mean so they're like fuck it i'm just going to do all this until I, I fucking start owning businesses and like and i'm out so there is a true transition though yes there is absolutely except I don't know if this is correct or not, except for the ones that we hear that failed because they weren't fucking the clients. Absolutely. But because these girls are fucking the clients, right. therefore there's a more income right. stream coming in. Right. The the transition from hoe dancer to successful career Careers. is higher because they hold it up right. triple time. Yeah, because they're in there making their fucking bread, bro. They're like banging it out and they're like, fuck it. I'm just going to dedicate my fucking my summer to caking the fuck up and that's going to open doors for me to own businesses and, and, and be fucking successful in these businesses. So there is a way you can beat the system. You know what I mean? There is a way, but you just have to be dedicated and be like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to save my money. I'm going to do this. And then I'm going to come out and own businesses and then I'm out, you know, but then you got the girls that are in there that get locked up and they're stuck because they're in the party atmosphere and they're in there for ever. They're in there at like 30-something years old. Like the life expectancy, like for a strip, stripper should be from like 18 to like 21. You know what I mean? Wow. Yeah, to like 21. But then you got girls, you got 30-year-old girls in there. You got 40-year-old girls in there that are just fucking off. They just fucked off their whole shit. And that's all they know at that and point. that's all they know at that point. Because, you know, they just got lost in They just got lost in the whole shit. You know, and they had customers uh, paying, taking care of them. You know what I mean? That's why that's what happens is they they find a client there and they take care of them and they fucking like, okay, fuck it. I'm just, you know, I'll just bang this dude for 
however long he's going to take care of me. And then, you know, and that's where they fuck up at because they let somebody just basically take care of me. And then that guy just splits and finds another stripper and just like. Who's younger, juicier. Who's younger, juicier. And yeah. Less used. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know what, Rye? Um, There's got to be a part two to this. Oh, yeah. Because we've, I feel like. No the, the potatoes and steak was barely served on the plate. Oh, yeah. And we haven't even finished it. So much more. So much more cool shit. But, uh, yeah, I want to thank you. Right on. And we're going to work on a bunch of stuff together. Yes. It, but uh, this is just an intro. How do you pronounce your last name? Leuta. Leuta. Yeah. Ryan Leuta. Yep, Ryan What's your Leuta. MC name? Ryzen. Ryzen. Yeah. Dope, man. Thank you so much, bro. Right on. Asian Unfiltered on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.